Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the Internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Hey, guys, welcome to the Left of Straight Show. It is Monday, May 4th, 2020. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. Hope you all had a terrific weekend. It was nice and warmer here in Northeast Ohio, 75 degrees on Sunday. Spring is slowly turning into summer as we have our first full week of May happening. Of course, for those Star Wars fans out there, may the fourth be with you, even though I'm so over that. <laughs> but it's good. What's what's going on, guys? It is Musical Monday here on the Left of Straight Show. I have another jam-packed show for you today. Three fantastic singers, songwriters, and so much more. First up, though, I want to talk about my brand new Council of Gays. You heard it right. I love the show Council of Dads. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's a great show. They rally around the family after dad passes. It features a transgender younger boy and a gay married doctor. Just really a fantastic show. But it gave me an idea. I need to convene my own Council of Gays. So I've gathered some experts in entertainment, fitness, music, mental health, LGBT travel, luxury living, and more And they're each going to be reporting to us either once a week, once every other week, or monthly. I'm going to be introducing them all to you throughout the month. But tonight, we're going to start our very first new weekly segment called J&J Buzz, featuring two amazing friends of the show. They're advocates for both HIV education and prison reform. They're both a natural at giving fun little nuggets of information of things going on in the weeks to come. So let's start it here for the very first time, our very first J&J Buzz segment here, featuring both Josh Robbins and his fiance Jeffrey McAllister, all the way from the beautiful city of Nashville, Tennessee. Take it away, boys. Here we go. Hey, y'all, what is up? It is Josh and Jeff with J&J Buzz. Men's love it. Yeah, you know, this is like LGBTQ news and opinion, and we are proud. Very proud. Proud, proud, proud to be on Left of Straight Radio with this new segment. What do you you say? What do we jump right in? Yes, let's jump in. 
Okay, so guess what? Anderson Cooper is a dad. Oh, the guy on CNN? Yeah, you know, the dude with the white hair. He became a dad on Monday to a newborn named Wyatt Morgan Cooper. That's pretty cool, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, and you know his mom is Gloria Vanderbilt. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Yeah, you know, like in Nashville, Vanderbilt. That That's cool. Anyway, congrats to Anderson Cooper on the new baby boy. Yeah, congrats, Anderson. What do you got? There are a hundred more LGBTQ characters on screen since last year. Really? A hundred new characters? Yes. That are LGBTQ? Yep. One show was Pose. It featured the highest amount of trans actors now. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. You know, 1 in 11 on screen identify as LGBTQ now. 1 in 11 characters on the screen. Are they like... identify as LGBTQ. Oh, okay. Well, who's your favorite? Um, I like, you know, Will and Grace is probably my favorite. Yeah, I mean, that's a staple in the gay community. You got to like that show. You know, uh, Nashville, the show... They had a, a, a gay character, like a, a storyline. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that's pretty good, too. Yeah, that dude was actually pretty hot. Uh, yep. Okay, uh, <laughs> okay, enough of that story. All right, and the final story, I don't know if you heard this, but HuffPost reports Miley Cyrus really has pissed off people in the LGBTQ community. This time, her Instagram Live struck the wrong chord with people. So let me catch you up. Okay. Previously, she was married to Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. You know who that is? Yeah. Okay. Well, they got divorced. Uh, He must not have been doing something right. (laughs) Well, that ended. Anyway, now uh, she was with uh, this summer. She has like a fling going on with Caitlin Carter. Do you know who that is? Okay, I know. You do know who Yeah. Okay, she's the reality star and influencer and all that. Anyway, that ended too. Oh, (laughs) she's just having no luck. Well, she might be, because now she's with Cody Simpson, you know, the singer. Okay, okay. The singer from Disney, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they were Disney alums. I mean, honestly, I didn't even know what happened to Cody Simpson, but but it seems that something happened. Anyway, they're together. The other night they were on Instagram Live. She said, quote, don't give up. You don't have to be gay. There are good dicks out there. You just have to find them, end quote. Uh, then she also said, quote, I always thought I had to be gay because uh, guys are evil, but that's not true, end quote. Anyway, all that kind of has pissed people off. Well, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really bother me either. It's Miley Cyrus, and you kind of expect that kind of stuff. Anyway, <laughs> y'all, thanks for listening. I'm Josh. And I'm Jeff. And you've been listening to J&J Buzz. Men's love it. Bye. Yeah, buddy. Well, thank you, boys. There you go. The very first segment ever of J&J Buzz. A big shout out to my friends, Josh Robbins and Jeffrey McAllister. Look forward to them every week, giving you a couple little fun tidbits of information from all sorts of areas of the world. 
So I'm looking forward to that. Comment if you love them. I know you're going to. And look forward to different people in different days of the week. Like I said, we're going to cover it all. We got entertainment, fitness, music, mental health, LGBT travel, and luxury living. All right, guys, let's get into a date. Not a lot of time, so a big full show. My very first guest up is my good friend from New York City, Michael Mott. He is a musician, composer, songwriter, singer. He just does it all. He's also worked with some of the biggest names in Broadway. So it's just an amazing guy. And then we're going to follow him up with a singer who shows that age does not make a difference. With his amazing pop vocal stylings, Michael Fairman will be on the show. Then we're going to finish up tonight with my buddy Kenneth Mogan. He writes some amazing music of his own, and he does covers of songs that are absolute perfection. So here we go, guys. I'll be back in between at the end of the show here. Let's start off with our buddy Michael Mott. You're listening to Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network.
friends, we are back. That was Fly High, written by my next guest and performed by the lovely and talented Ashley Spencer. I'm so excited to have him back on the show. The last time we chatted, he was leaving on a jet plane the very next day for London, so where he was overseeing the workshop for his show, Mob Wife. We're going to find out all about how that went, and since then, he's been raising money for and polishing up another musical that we've been following, and has been keeping himself busy in quarantine by entertaining us with some amazing streaming during Corona Quarantine 2020. Please welcome back to the show the very handsome and talented, Mr. Michael Mott. Michael, how we doing, buddy? Hello, Scott. I'm very well. How are you? I am good. I'm surviving the quarantine. How are you holding up? I'm good. It's kind of funny because I feel like as a writer, this is kind of my, my normal life. I just, I, right. I, I, I'm <laughs> kind of used to being stuck in the, in the house and writing and forcing myself to write. I just missed gym and I missed doing live concerts in, in public in the energy of a live crowd. But I'm very grateful go. and fortunate that, that I can stay at home and write and work. Well, good. It's not like you're not always working on some project. Every time I talk, you have about 12 things in the fire for yourself and other artists and everything else, plus your uh, teaching that you do. We'll talk about all that stuff because you're always very, very busy. Like I teased <laughs> in the beginning, last time we talked, you were just heading over to London for Mob Wife. How did that go? Yeah, it was great. It was my first time in London. Um, it was my first time in the, in Europe, actually. Um and I felt so fortunate and grateful that I was able to go overseas because of my work. That was the first time that really hit me. Um, nice. And it was very good. The cast was wonderful. The crew was wonderful. The creative team out there, the director and the producer and the choreographer, everyone was just, it was just a lovely, young, hungry group of people that um, really helped us see what we had. And we learned a lot. I had a bunch. I have, I'm so fortunate. I have such amazing uh, people that support my work. I don't. I don't say fans because I feel like that's pretentious. I have like great supporters of my work that come to everything I do. And I had about three families that follow me here in the states fly over there to see it. So that was really cool to have wow. friendly faces in the audience, and I got to talk amazing, to them afterwards. Yeah, because yeah, they've heard a lot of my songs from that show specifically in concert. And so for them to see it in context, we got to talk, and it was just great. We learned a lot, and we're actually planning the New York Film Academy here in New York is actually um, helping us develop the show, and we're going to do uh, a workshop version of it here with all of our rewrites. As soon as coronavirus is done and everyone's healthy and we can have crowds again, we're going to do it back in the States, New York City. Oh, congratulations. So that was the first that. Uh, workshop as an actual production. It's only been done in songs before. Is that the first time it was workshop? Um, well, we've done like table readings of various drafts, and I have a recording okay. of the show, but it, that's not out, just like demos. Um, but it was the first time gotcha. that it's been fully up on its feet. Yeah. And so the New York version nice. of what we've learned in the UK will be changed and rewritten, and then we'll put that up here. And then That's hopefully licensed and, you know, yeah, it's a fun little show. It's cute. Well, congratulations. That's so great. I'm glad you had a good time over there. I know you're supposed to go Thank back you, to sir. Europe. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm a stalker on social media because I love all your work. And you're uh, supposed to be with mom back to Italy, right? Weren't you guys supposed to be on the trip I know. Earlier? It's kind of nuts. 
Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's really, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy. It's really sad. But you know what? We'll have a time. My mom and I, so because of Mob Wife in the UK, my whole family flew over to see it. And then we took five days and flew to Paris, the whole family. And it was the oh, first time we've great. all done that. And it was so much fun. And my mom was like, how have we never done this before? Like, it's so much more difficult in my head than it was in reality. And so we <laughs> planned last year to go to Italy this time last year. I'm sorry, this time this year. And so we planned it, and then coronavirus happened. And, you know, my mom was really bummed. And I was bummed, too. But I was like, Mom, we will go again. You know, it's right. fine. Right. Once we're all healthy and, you know. There you go. So we'll go back. I've never been. Have you been? I have not been to Europe. I've only been to Mexico and Canada, the only two other countries I've been to. So I've, I haven't okay. traveled that much. I've traveled all over the United States. I've been to 42 states and Hawaii quite a few times. Wow. I've not been out of the country. So if I went to Europe, I want to go to Italy because I'm fascinated uh, with um, mythology. So I want to go to Rome and I want to go to Greece mm. to see that part of it. And then I just yeah. have a fascination with Scottish stuff. So I'd like to go to Scotland, Greece, and Italy are my three places I would go, I think. Greece. I made Greek food have last you... night. I'm obs- I'm crazy. I've been craving Greek food. Mm-hmm. I love Greek food. And actually, I live in Queens, and everywhere I go, people are like, Greek, Greek. I go into a Greek restaurant. They think I'm Greek. So I just say yes. No. <laughs> it has those dark, handsome features. That's what it is. Well, I'm sure somewhere down the line, there's, there I mean, go. no one's 100% anything. I've been told my whole life, we're 100% Italian, but I'm sure there's Greek in there, Spanish, I'm sure. Right. Great Uncle Kustalakis or something down <laughs> three, exactly. three times once removed or something, right? <laughs> Great Uncle Constantine Maroulis. I like that. Oh, nice. There you go. All right. Well, you've got so many projects, like I said, since we talked last. I want to talk a little bit about sundown that sounds amazing that's your first short film you scored very personal to you talk about how that i know you got to live stream that a bit talk about that project um so yeah that came to me last year um the producers reached out and they said hey um we like your work and we'd love for you to score this short film this concept that we have and it's um a story about a woman with Alzheimer's and what the beautiful thing is that there's really no speaking in the entire movie and they go back, they, they decide to like wake up. She and her husband decide to wake up one day and she's having a kind of a really bad day and he ends up taking her to central park and we follow their journey to the park. And as they go under an underpass, as they go through an underpass, they come out the other side and they're their younger selves. And I wrote this, like, seven-minute oh piece. Yeah, and it's all storytelling through dance. And so they experience a day in the park, like, going to buy a trinket and, like, getting ice cream and, like, walking through the park and enjoying their day as their younger selves. And it's this kind of, like, musical fantasy that's all told through choreography. And so I wrote – I worked with the choreographer, and we worked um, – it actually didn't – it only took me two days to write all of the music, but the whole process took about seven months. And um, we just had a screening because, you know, like writing is one thing, but then timing it out and getting like the right, uh, the appropriate amount of music for each section and making sure, you know, because it's like about seven different themes that occur that are interwoven in and out. 
Um, yeah, and then we recorded it. It's like about 14 pieces in the orchestra. And, yeah, it's very different than anything else I've ever done. It's very me, but it's very different in terms of, like, style because I usually write either pop songs or musical theater songs. So it was really nice to be able to write through this right. medium. And it's so much easier to write just music and not lyrics. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> um, and to have the Sounds story be told beautiful. through the melody was a different kind of challenge, you know. And, you know, obviously the, the dancing and the visual helps, but... Yeah, it was great. It was really fun. I'm very grateful for it, and I'm excited for people to see it. I'm very proud of the music. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't know when, you know, when that comes out. I don't know much. I just know that I wrote what I was asked, and we'll see what happens. Oh, sure. Even even in a good time, it can take anywhere from three months to three years to get a project out there or longer. So with Corona, everything's up in the air, right? So who knows? Yeah, exactly. And I know beautiful project though. Yeah, thank you. I'm really proud of the music. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's good. Um, it's just different, and you know, it's, it's there. Even though I wrote it, it's there. You know, um, so I got oh. permission from them to perform. Um, to perform, I did like a medley. I did like a little like piece, a little snippet of the music on one of my Michael Martin friends concerts that I've been doing on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. But I had to get approval from the producers. You oh. know, and they were like, "Sure, go for it. Do whatever." So they're they're very generous. It's great. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll talk about it in a second because the Mike uh, Michael Motz and friends, you have another one coming up this week. But you've been doing so much stuff online, taking advantage of the streaming platform, like so many of our great talented people like you have been doing to really help the rest of us get through all this. Uh, you took over for Utica for your school there or something doing a project. What was that? Utica, you did? yes. Yeah, Utica, New York is where I'm from, Um, and the Broadway Theater League, which is like the league that brings in all the Broadway touring shows, they had me take over their Facebook, and I just did like a little mini 20-minute set, you know, just to bring some joy, spread some joy to people's lives in my hometown, Um, and, you know, expose myself to a new market that may not really know my music or know me, and yeah, that was really fun. And you know a lot of these things are starting to happen and come out. There's there's a new um, weekly sketch show, sim- very similar to Saturday Night Live. That I don't even know if I'm, I should be saying this, but they asked me to be the musical guest, which is going to happen next week. Um, wow. And I like a bunch of like interviews, and yeah, I'm doing this charity concert this Wednesday. And so there's a lot of um, yeah, there's there's a lot of like little things like that in addition to my at-home concerts that I'm doing. And I love it. It's very weird only because I need the energy of a live audience. It's very weird to be right. like singing and pouring your heart out, and then all of a sudden you're <laughs> done and there's just dead silence. I'm like, well, that right. kind of sucks, you know? <laughs> um, so that's a little different. But, you know, when I watch it back, it looks totally normal. It just feels awkward as hell. <laughs> right, I bet. I, well, I love the little nook you know. you've set up in your house, and sometimes you have your cleaning products by just to keep us all safe, which I think is hilarious. Too much fun. Yeah, people find that funny. People were really angry I didn't have them for the last one, so i got to put them back. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. And then you said you were talking about other things. What, talk a little bit about that Bay Area Theater Live. I think that's Wednesday the 13th. You're working with uh, some great people. you got Ben Bogan from Frozen and – Taylor Amon Jones from Groundhog Day, which it feels like we've been living for eight weeks now. 
Um, Isaiah we Boy, are, didn't you Book know? Mormon. Talk about that project. Um, so my friend AJ from Ithaca College reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in performing in it. Um, we're kind of all working separately. So we're all just going live from our apartments or, you know, studios or wherever we are in the world and each performing one song. And it's raising money for, yes, so it's live. It's not pre-taped. It's live. We have a dress rehearsal tomorrow and then the actual show this Wednesday, the 13th um, at 5 p.m. Pacific time, but 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Yeah, it's a whole group of people. I want to say there's like maybe 25 people. And we all, I think a lot of them are doing like musical theater or pop song covers. And I'm doing one of my originals. Um, I specifically, they said, you can do whatever you want. And I said, well, I I feel like in situations like this, people usually choose ballads. So how about I'll do something up-tempo? Because, you know, a lot of these, like when I watch a lot of the things, I feel like a lot of people naturally want to sing slower songs because it helps, you know, it's healing, it's more emotional. So I'm just trying to go in there and provide people with some uplifting fun, you know, there's always right, time sure. for a ballad, and I thought maybe I'll do something fun just to get your mind off of, you know, just to uplift people for three minutes. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That, there's been such great things like that, and I never know. It, you can't tell anymore if they're doing it live or not because they're all from their own home. You know, they're really good. I know you can't tell. Has it been live? Did they try it 12 times? Are they doing it live? So that's kind of, I think that would be um, fun to do it live, but also be a little bit scary, too. <laughs> Yeah, I will tell you that everything I'm doing is live so far. I've yet That's to do amazing. anything pre-taped. I've yet to. Very, very cool. But I thought about it. Don't well, worry. T- <laughs> I, there you go, of course, right? And talk about, um, in the light, in the project, talk about this fundraising campaign that was amazing, some of the great perks I saw. You and Jeremy reach out with all those people for your uh, people that donated towards it. Talk about that whole project and how that was going. That was looking amazing. Yeah, that's that still is happening. Um, it's just kind of we're supposed to be in the recording studio right now, so that's right. you know thrown a huge wrench into things. But um, yeah, we did an Indiegogo campaign. I did an Indiegogo campaign, um, and I was fortunate enough to raise forty nine thousand dollars to make this album. Mm-hmm. And it's such a huge project. I mean, we have a 24-piece orchestra. We have a huge Mm. choir, and we have, like, nine principals. Um, The goal was to record, be about five months of recording in the studio and then release the album this fall. But now with coronavirus, who knows if anything will come out in 2020. It might have to be pushed back to 2021. We'll see. Who knows? but yeah, one of the perks, one of the perks, we had a lot, we had so many perks, but one of the perks specifically was to uh, attend a live 45-minute workshop, uh, like a, sorry, not a workshop, like a rehearsal concert with Jeremy Jordan and myself. So the sh- In the Light's being written for Jeremy Jordan. And there's a bunch of songs from the show all over online and a couple uh, promo recordings we did that I put on SoundCloud. Um, in the light is the musical and the songs that Jeremy sang, the, the song that we released is called her embrace. Um, and the other song that's out there is called dare to dream. But 
we were fortunate enough to do this little mini 45-minute rehearsal concert where people paid a certain amount of money and were able to attend this concert. And the concert fell on March 12th. The concert was at, <laughs> I want to say, 6 o'clock at night. And at 5 o'clock, the government was like, hmm, this coronavirus is serious, so we're going to start shutting everything down. Uh, do we cancel this an hour before? But we had people travel in. We had people coming from all over the place. Oh, and my so, goodness. I mean, this is so early. We didn't know much about the virus, but, like, we didn't touch right. each other. We all had Lysol and white hand wipes, and we just cleaned the pianos <laughs> off. And it was crazy. And thankfully, no one in that room got sick because we had a little, like, we followed up with people through email. Jeremy, and it was only 30 people. It was, like, 28 people right. attended and then Jeremy and myself. So it was 30 people in that room, and I don't know. That was the last time we were in gatherings. Yeah, that was such so, a weird week. I had lots of friends doing so many different things there. I remember watching you guys doing that and thinking about you guys that night. My buddy Stan Zimmerman was in there um, rehearsing a play with uh, Nathan Lee Graham. Um, Drew Drogi, mm-hmm. a friend of mine, was doing this extended on his play. And everything just shut down, like you said, with the hour notice or something. It's like people are scrambling Crazy. to get back to L.A. if they could and trying to figure out what was going on. Crazy time, but just amazing fifty thousand dollars just about that's so good it's, it's such got to make you feel so believed in i don't know the best word for it but your projects are always amazing talk about the experience of doing a crowdfunding thing like that um i'm not gonna lie it was extremely stressful <laughs> um because <laughs> our goal was our goal was like five times that um right and I was the one-man show of running Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, social media, daily emails. You know, it was, it, it, you know, it's become, that's a full-time job. Raising money like that is yeah. no joke. And, right. you know, it's that on top of my actual job at life and creating. And um, it got to the point where I was, I was having a little bit of a nervous breakdown. And, um, <laughs> but, but I'm just being completely honest with you. Um, but, you know, we were very fortunate to be able to get, I mean, people that I I don't have a show on Broadway. I don't have, I have albums and I, I do concerts and I have like a little like cult following, but I don't, I am not a huge household name that can, you know, afford to have so many people that follow me and believe in me and give me $200,000. You know what I mean? So right. the fact that I was able to do almost 50 grand is huge. And I'm so grateful for that. And you know, we wouldn't have, we have an album now and we wouldn't have anything if it weren't for those people that gave us money. So I'm extremely grateful and all that stress and the gray hairs I have in my beard right now from that are very, <laughs> it's all worth it. Right. Now those things, like, like you said, are really tough just for, you never know if something's going to hit or not. And like you said, it's it's very hard. You know what you're going to need to get a project done the way you want it. But then you have people that believe in it, and so you make less, but at least you can make the best do it, and you're so grateful for that part of it. So I Absolutely. just think that it's amazing that you can even do that. I mean, 50000 is still a good chunk of change from people. So Absolutely. It's a, a, ni- a nice thing, and it just shows how much people care and love you, my friend, and know you do good Absolutely. work. Absolutely. I mean, that's so nice. And, like, I do – I got to say, like, from all the things that I do that we talk about being like my friends, Michael and I talk about being multi-hyphenates. 
like I'm a writer and I'm a, a composer and a lyricist and a vocal coach and a teacher and a performer and, you know, all these things that fall under the umbrella of what Michael Mott does. And, right. you know, I do feel as if, like, my favorite thing is being in the recording studio and making music and being mm-hmm. able to make the quote-unquote perfect record that I, in my eyes, that, you know, this sounds perfect and it's exactly how I want the world to hear this piece. And it takes time. The recording studio is, you know, it's a creative bubble. And it's almost like, it's like giving birth. It's like being in the womb and just creating something that's so magical. And times have changed so much that you can do all that from your apartment. And not not to this level, like I can't put a 24-piece orchestra, obviously, in my apartment, (laughs) and I don't have the right kind of microphones. But, like, I have a mini version of it that I can record demos. I'm writing a brand-new musical that I've recorded about eight demos to in my apartment Hmm. now. But being in the studio and, you know, having the right kind of microphone, because, you know, a female voice versus a male voice versus a snare drum versus a piano are all mic'd differently. And I don't claim to know any of that. I just claim to know I can do like vocal production, but besides that, I work with great producers and I collaborate with them and great engineers who know how to set up. And I, there's just something so beautiful and magical about that, that I, it's my favorite thing to do. And so I appreciate you saying that I create good work, but I attribute that to all the people I work with as well, because making a good record is truly such an art form. And it's my favorite kind of collaboration. Really. Like you said, um, you bring the talent, but it, it takes a team to put these things together, as you say. And I think that, oh, that a, lot of, a lot of pieces have to fall into place to make the magic really happen. So I agree 100%. It takes a village. Yeah, if people knew just how many people it takes to make one song. And, you know, I've talked to so many people because, you know, I write musical theater and pop. And in musical theater, it's usually like a composer and a lyricist or a composer lyricist. So it's like two people working on a show, Um, sometimes three if you have a different book writer. But sometimes for a pop song, you'll see about 12 writers on that song, and people don't really get it. But when you see how a pop song is made and why, it makes sense. All 12 people may only write about two bars. You know, I may have an idea to have a hook that goes da-da-da-da-da-da, and I get a song running credit, you know? Like you could be in the room with us and say, you know what, the snare drum should do this here, and this should you get a songwriting credit. And it's like <laughs> so many different people work on those songs, and like there's something kind of amazing about that. Like the kind of collaboration, I don't know, it's just totally different. The siren in the background kind of reminded me of a question when you were talking about that. You're in an apartment complex in New York. You guys are the most densely populated place. Talk about being a songwriter, a uh, composer, lyricist, and a singer in New York. Do you hear this from, like, every other apartment sometimes? Is everybody how, – how does that kind of work? Do you get to hear that kind of creation happening? That would be amazing. That's so funny. Um, I've actually thought about that. No, not where I live. I don't hear that. No, I think I also live in a very small apartment complex, and there's only six of us, six families, um, and I'm mm-hmm. the only – artistic one. I think that one oh, girl okay. who lives with by me is a, like a publicist, but I'm the only one. I have a piano. There's someone on the first floor. I live on the third floor, but there's someone on the first floor that has um, a piano. I think she's a piano teacher, actually. I'm so far up, I don't hear that. 
sometimes if I'm outside, I'll hear the piano from her house. But besides that, no. In my building, no. Now, at 7 o'clock every night, we all lean out of our windows and applaud our frontline workers and essential workers. And the woman across the hall, yeah, the woman across the street from me in the other building blasts New York, New York every day, which I love. So that's the only music nice. I hear. I think yeah. that would be a great show is to have an apartment. I mean, you've seen a couple apartment complex type television movies in the past. I think it'd be amazing to see the the inner workings of an entertainment apartment complex and how they all went together and just form something at the end. Oh, that's end. a great idea. Kind of a big thing. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be amusing. And I just, it's my, it's my idea. little idyllic dream of New York. When I dream of New York, I just think of that happening for some reason. But anyway, yeah, huh. that's very cool. I just decided, I got sidetracked on that, but I just thought that'd be kind of fun to know from your perspective there. All right, well, let's get into the big concert coming up this week. You've been doing these uh, Michael Mott and Friends. I mean, I remember when you started these out in, uh, what was that city you used to go to all the time? It's real close to you? It's the New York City? You know Michael Mott and Friends uh, way the, back in the, the day. At the, the Astor Room. Yeah, that's it, exactly. So this is a continuation of that. Now we're going virtually. You've had Jeremy, we talked about earlier, you've had Sierra Bodges on it. Now you have a great new one coming up this Friday. Talk about the series, who you've done so far virtually, and who you got coming up this week. Yeah, so I um, have been doing these Michael Mott and Friends concerts since 2014. I am very fortunate to, to have a nice, like I said, like a nice little cult following and it's myself and my band and then uh, different featured singers. So I have done, I mean, I've worked with so many, I'm so fortunate to have worked with like some of the best singers on Broadway and we do these concerts all over. Um, I usually do like two or three dates at 54 below a year, green room 42 um, Birdland, And then we travel around the country and right. fun, oddly enough, not even oddly enough, but when I was in London, I was fortunate to do one in London. So it's been, it's been very incredible, and I'm very grateful for all these concerts. But now, with coronavirus, how do you do these concerts? And artists are not making money right now, so what do you do? So I have decided to start doing live concerts from my home studio. And I have a whole, like I said, I have like a little mini recording studio on my piano and everything in, in a room of my apartment. So why not just go live from there? So I've started, I don't even remember when I started, but I started about a month ago, five or six weeks ago and it went really well it was just me about 45 minutes and it was it was it went really well and I was actually shocked of how well it went so then I started well what if I just start introducing guests so I did Jeremy Jordan for my second show the techn we had a huge technological mishap so we may have to bring him back at some point if he's willing and then I had Sierra I have to Bogus admit I saw that one ago. and it was hilarious to watch you guys no, it was a mess. To talk to each other and hear each other. It was a mess. That was, it was more fun than the actual singing part was. It was hilarious. <laughs> Unintentional, but hilarious. <laughs> oh, totally. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, it was a mess. Um, and then Sierra Bagus last week, and now or two weeks ago, and now this week on Friday the 8th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it'll be myself. Matt Bloyd, who is a vocalist living in L.A., and he's the featured singer on my new song, The Impossible. Um, he will be my featured guest, along with um, – I'm going to start introducing one member of my band. I feel like, you know, I make all these songs, and I work with some amazing people, and, the my you know, my fan base that comes to see me, 
my my supporters that come and see me and watch my shows see my band on stage. And besides, like, no, Adam Wolf on the drums or Brad Bozenbeck on the violin, that's all they get. <laughs> so what if right. I just did a little interview with every player, right? And, like, they got to talk and play a little solo and have the audience get to learn about – because I have so many young kids follow me, too, like – wouldn't they want to know about be, being a violinist and what his, what it takes for him to get into the city? So to, to, to start working in New York and like, you know, he's conducting Broadway shows now and he's an associate conductor. And so just talking each episode will feature a member of my band talking about their journey, you know, like a little mini interview plus my music. It's a fun, you know, 45 minute little show. Yeah. And now they will be on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And if people go to my website, michaelmott.net, under the news information, there are direct links to each of those. Look at you, Mr. Tech Savvy. I like it. All three platforms. You know, you got to give the people what they want. There you go. I you know? like it. It's funny. Well, I'll have like 12 viewers on YouTube, but then like 4,000 on Instagram. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know. It's funny. It's I've seen funny. those too. I, I have friends that do it, especially when you have people doing it from multiple places because they're each streaming their live and you have other people sharing it and everything. So you see five different feeds, some with... 200, some with three, some with 68. It's just some with thousands. It's hilarious. I love it. Sierra Vargas concert. We had like, I think, 3,800 or something on Instagram and 12 on YouTube. And I was like, you know what? Those 12 <laughs> people may not have Instagram, so it's fine. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Their phones got thrown in the bath temporarily out of service. <laughs> Who knows? Hilarious. <laughs> mm. well, you said about your website, I got to give you props. I mean, like I said, I am a social media stalker, and you got to celebrate your boyfriend's birthday yesterday. He, redes- he redesigned your website to an amazing website. Talk about that. Um, it looks he amazing. He helped me with it. Yes, he did. Um, he's an amazing designer, and he's a dancer, but, you know, he has a beautiful website. I'll give him a shout-out. People can go find him, the Nathaniel Hunt, uh, nathanieljhunt.com. But he is a phenomenal dancer, and he has a great artistic eye. And he was looking at my website. He's like, oh, I wish I could help you redesign that. And I was like, oh, put your money where your mouth is. If you want to, you can. And, <laughs> you know, 72 hours later, here we were. There we were. And you, people can check it out. But I appreciate those, those good words because he did do a very nice job. No, he it did. looks amazing. I love all of it. Thank you. He'll appreciate we, that. He will. We have to start wrapping up here. So we want people to be on the lookout for the live concert streaming this Friday. And that's going to be at six o'clock. Look for it on your Instagram, your Facebook and YouTube next Wednesday at five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Eastern. We performing with all these amazing people for Bay area theater. And that's available on YouTube and Facebook live. You also do some amazing voice lessons that you've been doing virtually forever yes. in person. Talk about where people can find you for that and what that's all about. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know what's funny is that I've been doing a lot of master classes as well with different universities around the country, um, hmm. private training programs. But, you know, people are trying to figure out how to make quarantine work because all these students you know that's who I really feel the worst for is these seniors that like don't get to have an actual senior year Uh, so so right if we can go yeah if we can go live on zoom and help them and like have them perform their showcase songs and get feedback and get some industry you know an industry eye on them like I'm happy to do that so yeah I've been teaching for uh, about 14 years now 13, 13 or 14 years, and I love it. I, I usually mainly do it on the weekends, 
But now in quarantine, I'm able to, you know, provide Skype voice lessons. It's It's been such an honor. And, you know, I have some student testimonials on my website. And I have like nine more that I just received over the last couple of weeks that I should be adding to my website at some point. So maybe Nathaniel will have some work to do later tonight. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> he does it because he wants to, not because I ask him. Um, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, I've been teaching and I and I love it. It's 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 a wonderful thing and I love being able to connect with people of all ages in the industry, people that are some that are extremely established and have done 12, 13 Broadway shows and some that have never performed before at all and are interested in getting into the business. So, it depends on what the 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 level of skill is and where they want to be and where they see themselves. There you go. Well, as I said, you have uh performed or worked with some of the most amazing people on Broadway, as you've said. So you have you have the eye, the ear, and what it takes to make it happen. So I hope people will rush trying. to the website and try to book an appointment. You're doing good, my friend. Very, Thank very you, good. Sir. Trying. It's funny because, like, you know, you always see yourself as different. I'm always like, I just want to make it. I just want to be <laughs> where I see myself in my head. So nice. you, I hear people say stuff like that. I'm like, oh. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. We got to wrap it up. I want you to give everyone the website address again and where they can find you on social media. Sure. The website is michaelmott.net and my Instagram is michael underscore mott. That's also my Twitter and my YouTube is Michael Mott Composer. They should all be streamlined, but you know what? If I do that, I got to start from scratch. So it is what it is. Well, my friend, I've been saying it for the three years that I've known you that we have to have a cocktail sometime. You don't know how much it pisses me off that gas right now in Ohio is $1.19 a gallon and you're six and a half hours away. But when this is all over, mm-hmm. we're going to do a cocktail one of these days. That's all there is to it. Let's make it happen. I say I would love for that. sure. All right. Well, yes, thanks so absolutely. much for being a great friend of the show, Michael. I appreciate it. We're going to have a special five questions with Michael, so be on the lookout for that. And we are going to play out with The Impossible, which Michael referenced earlier, uh, that's going to be part featured this Friday. So listen to that and definitely give Michael a follow. And if you're interested in the entertainment business at all, you need to take this guy's lessons. So listen to Left to Straight Show. We'll be back on the other side. Thanks, Scott. It's possible.
right, guys, we are back. That was Sing About Me from my next guest. He's making his first appearance here on the Let's Straight Show, and I'm so excited to get to talk to him. We have some similar stories in some ways. He had an early interest in music. He recorded in bands and followed his music dreams, but became a little disenchanted with the business and eventually made his way to L.A., where he worked in television production and entertainment journalism. He recently has been rekindling his love for music and is out to prove that pop has no boundaries, no age limits, and no regrets. It's time for his new single, Other Side, just came out. We're going to talk that about so much more. Please welcome to the show for the first time, Mr. Michael Fairman. Michael, how you doing, man? Hey, Scott. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I guess this is my I am ex- virgin appearance on your show. Exactly. <laughs> what has taken you so long? I'm bad on me. Thanks for coming on, buddy. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Where are you calling in from today? I am in Los Angeles. Uh, as we all are dealing with COVID-19, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. Well, I was going to ask you how you're holding up with COVID-19. It's really been, you know, it's been, uh, you know, I don't know how it is in Ohio other than what I've heard on the news. But, you know, uh, Governor Newsom here, they've done a pretty great job in doing their best to curtail um, COVID-19. But they've really put these safety precautions in early on, and I think it's it's helped. But we're still battling it, obviously. So it's a very strange time for all of us. Yeah, the governor and mayor there has done a fantastic job, and the citizens. Yeah. I mean, your fellow your fellow Angelinos there have been very good about paying attention to it. And we have all these wackadoodles going out now that need to free themselves <laughs> to be able to go outside and everything. And so, I know, I know, and people don't understand. Please. The longer you know, you do the you do that. You, I mean, don't we all want to get back to our lives? It's better to like right. do it now and get it over with so we can move forward. You know, that's what you we hope. But, you know, it's so funny. This is something not funny, but, you know, back in the day, do you, I don't know if you remember, but we would if in the movie theater, there would be a movie about a virus that attacks us, like a sci fi movie, you know, that, and now it's come to reality. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. A virus that right. Everybody. You know, it seems like a bad it, horror film uh, come to life. It is crazy. And it was funny. I mean, talking about this staying in, my friend posted the other day. He's originally he's an actor originally from New York and now living in L.A. by you. But it's like. All these people are wishing about having to stay inside, but New York really have apartments about the size of your half your garage. Uh, they've never heard what a porch is. Um, they usually cook on a hot plate because they usually go out to dinner all the time. It's like these people have been stuck indoors for over six weeks and not complaining. So I stop your witching and get back years. to it. I, yeah, I lived in New York for 19 years, New York City, and so I lived that too. There is nowhere to go. <laughs> Exactly. No, I mean, you're, so, yeah, everything is so small. And they're yeah. troopers. I mean, they're they're given nightly claps at seven o'clock for all the for all the they're uh, amazing fire workers they're and amazing. police workers and the healthcare workers. I amazing. mean, that city is stepped up. I'm telling you, so, they yeah. have stepped up. And I also did you watch the Global Citizens event that Lady Gaga had curated all the content for? And it was yeah, so I amazing. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw a lot of it. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Just that it was so great that they went in and out of you know, the message that they needed to get across for the people in the front line and interviewing the doctors and the nurses are telling people's story of what they're doing right. on the front line and then going to musical performances by so many great artists, I thought was really a, a great way to do it. Yeah. And it was Effective nice because it was, everyone's trying to raise money, but they didn't really make it raise money on the TV part. It wasn't there was about raising money. Yeah, the they background. weren't trying to Right. They weren't right. trying to raise money, actually. They'd already had done that. So that was what was so nice about it. It wasn't like 
now send in your pledge. It was nothing like exactly. that. Exactly. You know, we just wanted to have a nice entertainment evening there. I love that. And also to enlighten you as be, you know, to show you, to put it, make you aware, you know, right. of what's going on, you know. So it was great. Well said. All right. Well, let's all, let's make this all about you for a while here. We're talking about everything else. Oh, I want to talk army. a little bit about Michael Fairman here. Um, go ahead and give my listeners a little background since it's your first time on the show. Where did you grow up? What kind of a kid were you? And what did you want to be when you grew up? I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am from the Midwest. I wanted to be a singer and a, a performer when I was very, very, very little. I always wanted to do that. I really never saw anything else. And I think it's really interesting. You talk to, nice. you see so many people, a lot of the great people, great people that I know so many people love their music or their performance. You, you, you hear them say in interviews, that's all they thought of. Same with me. Like I was very tunnel vision. Like that's what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. And so I was pretty much a loner as a kid. Like I remember going into my room after school and I just sat there, put on the record and I would listen to these great artists and I would sit there and sing and sing and sing and put on these songs. And that's what I did. I escaped whatever was going on. And I, I went in there and music was what really um, comforted me and also inspired me. And I, I, I knew very early on that that's what I wanted to do. And I started singing in like nightclubs in Milwaukee at like nine years old. I mean, I was doing stuff, but I was wow. doing pop music. And I remember putting out in Chicago, I had a single out. I think there was a cover of two songs and I, I, I put out a single and it was distributed in Chicago because Milwaukee wasn't a big market, but Chicago was the closest big market. So I was really recording very early on and, and singing and doing all that. And, uh, but I also knew that there was nothing for me in Milwaukee and I needed to get out. So I left and came to California and studied acting and uh, was thinking, would I do that as well as singing and all of that? And then I decided after that, I would I'd go to New York. Because at the time, R&B was really happening in New York and there was some great music coming out of New York. And I thought, let me go to New York. So I was in New York, and that's where I really cut my teeth into the music industry um, in my 20s and early 30s and was really involved in cutting tracks and working with these great musicians that were on tour with like people like Sting and all these great people and, and writing and getting publishing deals and performing in clubs and until, like you said in the intro, until like I kind of got burned out on it. And uh, it was it's a difficult road. You know, it's a, I, I have to say yeah. – and it still is. The music industry is not easy and it's not for the weak at heart and it's not for the people, you know, it's a tough business. And when you're doing it own, you know, it's very tough. So I remember like people loved what, you know, really liked my music, what I was doing, but I wasn't getting the deal. I, I wasn't getting the record label deal that I wanted. And so at one right. point I was like, you know what, I need to take a break from this. And that's when I, uh, decided to move out to LA and went into the behind the scenes into this other career that I have had. Have, have. Gotcha. And what no, was your early yeah, musical yeah. influences? Did you have a lot of music playing around the house or where, where were you listening mm-hmm. to your music and what was some of your earliest influences? Stevie wonder was huge. Um, I thought he was amazing. I thought earth, wind and fire was amazing. I mm. thought Marvin Gaye was amazing. 
you know, I was really, like I said, I was really into the, the pop soul guys um, so much. And there were so many great people. I even liked Hall & Oates. <laughs> you know, I thought they were great uh, back in the day. And then right. moving forward, you know, I, I really, fast forwarding, I remember the night, one of the most horrible nights for me was a few years ago. George Michael, to me, is one of the greatest singers and one of the greatest songwriters. And I've talked about this in other interviews that I have people know this, that I just really think he was amazing. And if you listen to some of the songs now, what those say in the lyrics and just, they're just beautiful songs. And uh, I remember being at a Christmas party and it was Christmas and somebody dropped that he died. And I was like, what? I had to leave the party. I, I just couldn't breathe. It just was like a gut punch to me. And mm. it was really interesting from that point. That was a really big moment for me. I'm like, because he was so, uh, you know, he, uh, his music meant so much to me that I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I not singing? Why am I not songwriting? This right. guy just died at 56. He's amazing. What am I not? What's going on? And it really gave me a punt, uh, like a, an awake, uh, what do you call it? Awakening, you know, a call to like, uh, what am I doing? I'm wasting. Right. I felt like I was wasting what I knew was inside me and I knew what my talent was. I knew I could sing and I, I want, and I, and I wanted people to hear it, you know, and I, and they hadn't. So it was a combination of that. And my mother passed away of Alzheimer's a couple of years ago. And she was mm, always really, really, yeah. She was always really big into my music. And I just, those two combinations of things were like, okay, enough, you know, this is, you can't do this anymore. You can't not do this anymore. So that was where the big turnaround happened. And that's why in the last few years, I've been putting out music videos. I've been putting out songs. I've been back in the studio and I'm really going full, full force on a career that I wanted to have. Um, I'm trying to have that. And I know it's very late in the game, but I, as you said earlier, I, I would like to be that artist that isn't bound by limits. And, you know, we put, we put things on people and label them and, age is an issue or this is an issue or whatever it is. And, and I wish we weren't like that in the world and let artists be artists and it really shouldn't matter, but it does, you know? Right. Um, and talent is talent. I mean, we learned that on some of the shows. I mean, one of the things about the voice, I've had a couple of voice contestants on here and we yeah. are not judging on looks or age or anything like that. You're judging by the voice and people's right. voices. I mean, we got 84 year old rock stars still singing it like crazy on the stage so it should really have to do with the voice and the talent and and the motivation behind it more than any, any of the outside physical features right correct i mean i 100 percent agree with you and there and i just want to say there are so many amazing independent artists out there you have to realize and i'm sure you do obviously a handful of people you know ten, let's say 10 artists that we all know of and i'm not saying any of them are not great but like Taylor Swift, Sean Mendes, who I really, I love Sean Mendes. People, you know, they, they're played all the time. There's like a specific group that's always on pop radio. But there's amazing artists other than those people out there. They're just not, you just don't know about them. You know, you just right. don't know about them. And there's some amazing people that I hear when I'm in the studio in L.A. and I see the guy that just was in there before me or the songwriters that I know that I work with who have their own project. Like, they're all amazing. Um the thing with my situation is that I really hope, I, as I said, it really shouldn't be about 
how we look, how old we are, all of that. It really should be about the music. I know I have a very young speaking voice and I have a young singing voice. You don't know. You know, right. you don't know. You can't – if you didn't hear – if you didn't see me, you would go, that guy's not 20. You know, and that's what it should be. Music – the great thing about music and a great thing about songwriting is if you write a song, and when people say, what's it about? I can tell you what it's about for me. But it also a great song. It could mean something to you that's different than something that she thinks about it. I mean, people can a great song can be interpreted a lot of different ways for people. They they feel something from that song that they either connect right. with in their own life, you know. So that's what a great song is. Um, so yeah, I really wish we were in a world that wasn't, you know. Why can't you have twenty year olds in your video if you're this old? Why why can't you sing pop if you're this? I mean. What do they want? Do you want to, I mean, I don't, I'm not a crooner who's going to go sing in a lounge. I mean, that's just, right. it's just not my Exactly. Style, you know, you know, you I know. think a talent and, and music is one thing that has um, no age limit, as we said, and it's really something that you can't quantify. You either have it or you don't have it. It doesn't matter on the exterior for it. You either have talent, either have singing ability or you don't. And it really, it doesn't matter how you package it. It really matters on how the talent goes. So you should be able to kind of use that anyway. So I love that you're doing that and that you're bringing it back to your passion again. Talk about what was the New York scene like back in the day? I mean, I remember the limelight and the things like that. Um, what all was of that it like was in the going on. Music? The limelight. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was all the clubs. It was obviously, you know, it was, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and the clubs were, you know, it was really happening back then. And But I do remember as far as playing venues that were like the China Club or certain clubs that were the rock clubs, I played a lot of R&B clubs, which is what I loved. Like, I loved playing in front of that because it was nice. like, who's that white guy? <laughs> you know, like, I was the white guy who was performing, but I loved that. Like, because that's, because I remember I was... My whole thing was I loved R&B and soul, and I, I love R&B and soul music to this day. So to be able to do that and legitimately sing at a place where people were like, oh, my God, what is this dude doing, you know, was so great. You know, I, I, right. I, I think that was one of the highlights was to be able to go into R&B clubs and perform uh, in New York and be That's accepted. Fantastic. You know, that was what was and so we're great. And we're of that age where those things were all the rage, too. I mean, just after Torch Song had kind of gone away a bit, and you were really getting to a great groove there. Um, so I agree 100%. That is so awesome. I love that. Yeah. Where was I one mean, of your was, favorite places it. to perform there in New York? Oh, my gosh. Well, Sweetwaters was this club. I don't know if you know. It was up on the Upper West Side, and it was the R&B club that was – you know, pretty famous. And I remember doing a lot of shows in there and we'd have the band and it was, it was just so interesting because, you know, and it wasn't, and by the way, it wasn't like segregated. I don't mean that, but it was just, it was at a time when it was, it was cool to be like the white guy. Cause again, I think overseas at that time, George Michael was really happening. Boy George was really happening. And those guys, you know, they were doing pop soul stuff blue-eyed right. soul stuff and that's kind of the vibe that you know we were doing in the show but i would love to right. do like if there was a chaka khan song like i know you i live you i think i love that song and it was it wasn't one of her biggest hits but i remember putting it in my set and people were like what <laughs> you know what are you doing a chaka khan song 
and and I and you know because I knew I could sing it in my way with my voice in a range that was for me that wasn't shaka, but um, I love doing stuff that. like that. You know where that I would take so a song cool. that was yeah. So there were a lot of great places. You know, it was a great time to perform in New York. It was very different. And when you come to LA. And I remember in L.A. at that point, it was so, like L.A. is, so spread out. And you don't really have, I just don't remember going, oh, I love this place to play in L.A. There were a couple places right. I played when I came out originally, and I didn't think, oh, my God. But in New York, it was cool. <laughs> That's what I remember. Very nice. I the like that. Blur. <laughs> <laughs> and so you came to L.A. once you were disillusioned a little bit, and you went into the television industry and uh, some reporting. Talk about that part of your life. Um, what was that like? Did you have any fun experiences there? Or well, I was it just I mean, passing I, time I, to get back to music. No, no, no. I mean, I've done a lot. I mean, I, I, I came out and worked for Dick Clark Productions, and I, you know, a lot of people know me as the soap opera guy, and I was producing on the daytime Emmys for many years for Dick Clark, and I worked on the American Music Awards, and I started working on that stuff, and then. From there, I, I worked at E. I did shows for E as a producer and ABC, um, and uh, I had created SoapCity.com for Sony Pictures Digital Entertainment. I created this little online thing for daytime soaps and um, had my site, Michael Thurman TV, which is daytime soaps and primetime soaps. That's still there, and I um, – so it, it's been – it was like building a whole other career. Um, you know, I figured what else did I know? And I knew soap operas amazingly well, <laughs> and I yeah, they knew everything about them. And so I knew that that could be an interesting career. And there weren't a lot of people that knew all the knowledge that I had on it. There are some amazing people that of course I know that do. Um, but I knew that I knew that world and that I could use and, and that there was something there that I could use. But I loved producing, and I still love producing, um, because I love to be able – I like putting together projects from the ground up, like taking something and being in charge of the idea and bringing it through, shooting it, conceptualizing it, writing it, and then through to editing to the final product. I kind of like putting it all together, which is kind of the same thing when you're you know, putting a track together when you're writing and singing and doing backups and everything. Luckily, right. though, I have a producer that can, you know, I don't want to be producing myself as a vocalist because you need somebody to rein you in. Like, okay, enough. Stop exactly. singing right. sure. sung it 80 times. Um, <laughs> but, but, but no, it's been, you know, I, I, I did, I do have this other, I've had this other career and I have my Michael Fairman channel on YouTube, which has the music videos and celebrity interviews. And um, I've had podcasts, like I was the host of the Inside Salem Days of Our Lives podcast last year for a year and um, had my other show. And it's been, you know, it's it's been great. Um, but I, but it was just a time where, and I think we all know this, where you need to evolve and you need to, you things need to evolve. And I also felt nobody knew this about me, you know, and I kept it secret from the right. people that you know, didn't know that I sang or I wrote. And like I said, after the two things that had happened with George and my mom and things, I, and I, I just was working really hard in the studio and I finally just said, okay, here we go. I knew once I ripped off the bandaid though, you know, it's that same thing when you rip the bandaid off and you expose yourself, it does open up a thing where like, Oh, I really want to do this. 
you know, because it, it's sure. hard if sure. it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, it's it's hard. You know, it's always been that ripping off the Band-Aid moment of like, am I going to try this again? When I, I ha-, you know, and I did. So, um, and it's exciting and terrifying all at the same time, right? So it you is have, you have exciting all and terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It is. It's like you, it's somebody, and you know this when you do such a great show. I mean, when you know you're good at, like, you're a good host, right? Who listens? And when you're a good host, you you know it. You know you're good at interviewing people, and you're good. And so it's hard when you're like, oh, why is this not happening? You know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, Sure. So we'll see. When was the I, first spark where yeah. you felt confident you wanted to start writing again besides the singing? Did that come first? Did the singing, did you get an idea in your head of some lyrics you wanted to get out there? Or, or where did the writing part come back in? I knew that if I was going to start, well, I knew I had, because I was always a songwriter, but I knew that if I was going to come back out, I come out with new material. It had to be new material. You know, I was already doing cover videos of songs just to show that I could gotcha. sing. But right. I knew that if it was going to be an artist, I had to start really, you know, writing new material. And that's actually been s- such a joy because when you tap back into it, it's like, oh, wait, you know, uh, I have things to say. And I think that was the other thing. When you've lived nice. a life, and I think this is true, you, I, when you've lived a life, you have some things to say. I have some things to say. And every one of my songs that have been put out so far that, that I've let people hear or been, have been released on Spotify or Apple Music or on streaming platforms have been truly about something that I wanted to share or that I've experienced or that I, it was an issue I wanted to talk about. And, it, and I think when we're younger, I don't know, there's two ways. Some of these artists are amazing. These young artists, there's, there's no, they, they can do it without abandonment. They, they, they just can write and share their feelings. I think it was hard for me back then. Maybe I wasn't as open to being able to share what I really should have, you know. And mm-hmm. I feel now, now I feel so tapped into it that I don't have any fear of that. The fear right. of that is gone. Like being rejected on the writing of, like that's, I don't feel that. I feel like. I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and hopefully it'll make a great song. I, I knew when I ripped off the Band-Aid of, of, like, doing this again, I didn't want people to be like, oh, that's nice. Oh, you sing, oh, and pat me on the head. Like, good luck with that, you know? Okay, I had yeah. that, you know? And I that would make that makes me even feel worse. It was like, what? No, I'm legit. And <laughs> so right. that's I, I cool. actually, okay. I, it, it, I don't think it would, I am doing it because I wanted to do it. But I don't know if it would be enough for me to be like, okay, I did it. I mean, I'm hoping that through whatever twist and turn it takes, that my goal here is that a wider audience will hear my voice and hear my music. That's what I want to happen. So not that I'm just doing it so I can say right. that I recorded it. And, and But that's the kind of exciting thing, though, is, when it does take fire like that and you get to go through the process again, that's kind of what starts the fire. And then everything else is like what I meant by cherry on the cake is you have the talent. And so that's going to come through. And as things right. start to kind of happen here, um, talk right. about your writing. I mean, you talked about, we have three songs so far, a uh, thing about me. And of course we got can't let you go, which you did a great dance version for. 
Talk about mm-hmm. kind of your progression here, how you how you feel your progression's going. In terms of your writing song. first, yeah, writing first, what how these things are coming sure. to you or are they So no, I there is there is a plan, believe it or not. There is a plan. <laughs> but thing about me we I I was very inspired by on social media as a journalist or as somebody who people think they know, there would always be mis interpretations of I like this actor better than this actor so this fan faction would throw shade at me like there was all sorts of stuff that has been said and I think that others have experienced that also on the Twitterverse or in social media and it was really a commentary about how are you people making these statements about me you have don't know me at all you don't know a thing about me you don't know and you're creating this you know profile of who I am and you have no idea and so I saw that it was happening to a lot of people I knew too, that people were just ripping them down on social media. It's so so easy for us behind a keyboard to like, you know, bully somebody or, or shake sure, them down yeah. or shade at them. And so it was really a commentary about what I had gone, what I have gone through and what's going on with how we use social media. And that's where that song came about. And when we were doing that song, it needed to have a little bit more of an edge. It had to be a little more, it was a little more rocky, just a little more edgy because it needed to be more of a like, a, you know, I had a, a bit of more attitude in that song. Right. So I wanted to come up with something. It was really fun when it, it was released because people, I remember going to places where actors I knew in the soap world and people, and they were like coming at me going, you don't know a thing about, they were singing the lyrics to me. And I thought that was really, <laughs> that was really <laughs> that would be great. Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, people knew it, and uh, that was great. And Can't Let You Go, I, I was very inspired. Um, I think one of the best records was Dua Lipa and Mark Ronson's Electricity. I love that song, and I loved the progression of how that song was. And I remember being in the studio saying, I want a song like this that's got this groove. That can be a dance song. That can be this. Because I wanted to flip it a little bit. I, I wanted to make sure that in the releases that I was putting out, you're seeing a little bit different, a little bit other side of me in these songs. So that one was uh, really about all of us who have had those relationships in our lives. And I have two, which is where it came from. Um, <laughs> where Where the relationship is over. You know it's over. But you just can't let that person go they're still haunting you they're still there there's something that you can't escape from them and you're trying and trying and trying and you need to break those chains to be able to move on and to love again and to move on with your life and that's what that's really about and I had so many people that have come up to me or talked to me and said oh my god I've gone through that you know so that was more of a relationship breakout I'm tortured how do I get through this Um, because I want to love again but I can't free myself up to do it because I'm still haunted right. by you. Um, and then that song was remixed in December by Christian Powell, who's such an amazing remixer DJ in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And he's done Pink and Christina Aguilera's remixes and Martin Garrix. And he's done some amazing remixes that have hit the Billboard charts. Um, and he did such a great job with it. It was such a great collaboration to work with him. And I'm really proud of the remix because if I, even I like when I hear it, I'm like I would dance to it in the club. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and we were really getting set to heavily promote that, and then 
COVID-19 comes, and as you know, the clubs are shut down. Right. So, so nobody's hearing that, but there is a plan for that, and I hope that will uh, be heard in the clubs soon and, and get more play because uh, I think it was – Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be an amazing mix. Goodness gracious. It's That's an amazing cool. mix. I'm, it's a great mix. Um, and it's really funny. The doctors, the syndicated talk show, the doctors – heard i don't they heard the song the producer called me and said we want to use can't let you go in a roller skating segment we're doing about health and roller skating and i went what and they're like yeah so it was on in february it was on the syndicated show the doctors and they did a a segment at this roller rink in like northridge california and there were these skaters that go there every week to like back in the old day when they would roller skate that was a thing to do And they were skating. They can't let you go. So you, I get the sense that people can vibe so to awesome. it in the roller rink or in the club. You know, <laughs> I like that. The roller rinks were the original clubs back in the day. I'm telling you, I used to. Have I know. Rinks. I love the, the roller rinks. The I know. There was some of the best music in those roller rinks. I'm telling some you, some of the best. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Roxy in New York. We would roller skate. It was amazing. Exactly. Um, well, and then the other side. So, um, it's yeah. just like amazing timing for this. Talk about this song. I mean, the amazing timing for Other Side. I mean, it really, if you look at the lyrics of that song, what it's about, it's really about, really about person. It's about your personal struggles or any of us struggling to try to get to the other side, to the triumph, to the brighter side of something. And with COVID-19, this is like the most, the timing couldn't have been, unfortunately better because if you listen to the lyrics i hope it gives people hope and strength to carry on through the darkest of times and all and it really tells you to love yourself because at the end of the day all we have is ourselves and and to love yourself and to hold yourself tight uh no matter what life throws at you it could be really bad you know i mean it's really there's lyrics in there about crying on the floor and i mean if you cry and you throw things and you're angry and you're you're struggling it could be a health thing. It could be something emotional for you. It could be what we're going through in COVID-19. It could be interpreted a lot of ways, but it's really about struggling and triumph and the triumphs over it to get to the other side of it. And um, I'm very proud of the song. Um, it was one of those songs, talk about when, you always know some songs are, when they come out, the ones that sometimes come out quickly when you're writing them are sometimes the best ones. And this one came to right. me quickly, you know what I mean? To write it. Okay. There wasn't a lot of, there was some finessing of words and obviously things like that, but it came out pretty quickly. And again, this was written way before COVID-19 had happened. Um, but I hope people take this as an inspirational song for them. I mean, it, it really is my song of saying, cause I was going through a lot of things um, and a lot of it, not good. And there are moments when we all have, we're just like, I can't take this anymore, but you can't right. give into it. You know, you can't give into it. So exactly. I hope people, well, your voice it. Yeah. does it such justice. And like I said, the lyrics are great, but it, you have such a great voice. I can't wait to play out with it a little bit. Um, we're kind of running out of time here. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media and YouTube and all that fun stuff. Okay, so social media is at Michael Fairman on Twitter. Instagram is at Michael Fairman TV. On YouTube, it's the Michael Fairman channel. You can find me there. 
And you can find me at michaelfairmantv.com. And my music is on Spotify. I'm Michael Fairman. You can find it at Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, all major music streaming platforms. All the singles that I've released in the last two years uh, are there. And other side, of course. Terrific. And what do you have? Uh, what do you have in store for us in the future? What do we have to be on the lookout for? Well, you'd be on the lookout for we. You know, it's so interesting with COVID nineteen again <laughs> interfering in our lives. But we were in the middle of we're putting together an EP. There's some new music, some new songs that we were completing at the time. Um, I think there'll be some. I hope there will be a live performance. Whether that ends up being. Uh, you know, have to be done in a certain way where there's not an audience or there'll be an audience. It depends. We'll see that right. um, streaming and a music video is coming up too. So you will see. There are plans. Very cool. As long as we well, Michael Fairman, it's been an absolute delight having you. You can't wait so long for my four years of being a radio host to get back on here. This has been too much fun. I know. Thanks so much well, for we'll coming on the show. Again. Yeah. Thank you so much. We appreciate being on the Leftist Radio Show. Stay on the line for me, guys. We're going to play out to the other side here. Then be sure to stay tuned for five questions with. We're going to have a very special talk and find some fun little goofy things out about Michael here in just a little bit. So uh, we're going to play out. You're listening to the Leftist Radio Show right here on the Leftist Radio Radio Network. We'll be back after this. And this is The Other Side by Michael Fairman. Oh. 
All righty, guys. That was my interview with Michael Fairman. We're going to finish it out with Kenneth Mogan, to um, another amazing, great artist and singer-songwriter. Uh, we are going to run out of time by the time this interview, so I'm not going to be able to wrap this up. We have another great week of shows. Tomorrow we're going to have our buddy Benji Schwimmer, competitive dancer from the TV show So You Think You Can Dance. He is internationally renowned. He's a choreographer. Then we're going to have my buddy Jason Caceres and Christian Glam Lopez, an influencer couple, and they both are actors and do amazing work. So let's finish it up with Kenneth Mogan. Thanks for listening to Left a Straight Show tonight, guys, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Can you hear me? Don't ignore me. We only have what's
righty, guys. We are back. That was Holy Water from my next guest. He's been a great friend of the show. I'm always happy to have him back on when we need to check in. We have some new music coming out. And lucky for us, we have some new music indeed. His music videos have lifted me up, made me miss having a boyfriend, and have a strange yearning to rewatch The Wizard of Oz for some reason. His newest single is called You and Me, and I can't wait to talk to him about it and catch up. Please welcome back to the show, Mr. Kenneth Bogan. Kenneth, how are we doing, buddy? I am well. How are you doing? <laughs> I am doing amazing, considering it's Corona Quarantine 2020. We are doing this. Uh, pre-tape remote, I am actually at the beach in beautiful Lake Erie. Where do I find you this quarantine day? <laughs> I am self-isolating in my apartment in North Holly- in, uh, Hollywood. So You are being a good boy. I'm out. I'm social distancing, I, but I, t- I told you off air, if I don't go out every three or four days and take a hike somewhere, I get really, really antsy at home. Plus, I'm caring for my 81-year-old mother. She really, really, really gets on my nerves. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She doesn't really. But <laughs> I just need to get out of the house. So I'm at beautiful Lake Erie, and there's a couple people walking around, but everyone's being very observant of at least six feet, if not more. And it's a little windy out here, a little choppy, but it's a beautiful view. I can almost see Canada. Not quite. Have you been holding up during quarantine? It's super weird, but not not as bad as I thought I would. I'm kind of a homebody, so I I it's not too different. Um, it's but it's weird now that I can't go out and do things. It seems like all I want to do, but uh, <laughs> I have a lot to keep me busy, so it's okay. There you go. Well, you are always busy, my friend. You have some great new song projects that you're working on. Have you been able to take advantage of this time? And really, I mean, I know you had a couple songs in your head last time we talked a few months ago. Are you able to put this time to good use and kind of really plan out your next songs and videos? Are you writing? Are you plotting? Or what are you doing right now? Yeah, I, I actually wrote a couple couple new songs last week with a friend of mine in New York, and I'm excited for those. And I'm doing some some vocals next week here. I kind of make, got my own little home studio up now. And so, yeah, so nice. I've definitely been very, very busy with, with that, which is good. I was fr- afraid that I'm like, I'm going to use all this quarantine time. I'm like, I want to do things, but I'm probably just going to sit and watch Netflix. And instead, I've, I've been hard at work writing and, and getting ready. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud of myself. There you go. That's good. What's your latest Netflix binge? Um, right now, it is Lock and Key. Um, I really, really, really like it so far. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. I saw, have you seen the Circus of Books documentary yet? No, but I'm, I'm going to watch that later today. I'm actually kind of put uh, Paris is Burning on pause. I got the, the Blu-ray from the Criterion Collection that I, I put in. So I'm going to watch finish that this afternoon and then watch Circus of Books. I'm really excited to, to see it. I've been there a couple of times. It was, um, I, I interviewed the actual director of the documentary, the daughter whose parents own the store. I interviewed her the other day. Um, she was on the show last week. So it oh, was nice. kind of cool because that was my very first coming out experience. I was, uh, I was 18 and um, coming to terms with my being gay. And I was, I grew up in West Covina, California, about 45 minutes from West Hollywood. So that was my first foyer into the gay scene. My very first uh, gay magazine I bought. My very first 
uh, gay video I bought. So yeah, I was it was a little nostalgic for me. Nice. It's That's a very awesome. interesting story. I mean, how you have a a middle aged Jewish people running one of the gay porn palaces of the world, and there's <laughs> really, they they were responsible for Jeff Stryker and all of the big eighties porn too. They actually produced those videos, made those videos. It was amazing. Oh wow. That's awesome. I did not know that. I did not know that part of the story. I thought they just had the bookstore, but they were actually, uh, yeah, producing stuff. So anyway, enough about them. It's all about oh. you, you. But <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about, um, I mean, we're in a weird time right now, obviously. What's your writing process like? Do having stressful times like this inspire you? Um, like, are you a kind of person that needs love or needs a breakup to write a story? Or is it just kind of is what it is? Um, no, I I actually do my best when I'm alone, when it's quiet and I can just kind of think. So so this is actually writing wise pretty easy for me. Um, I and the, the songs ironically are the two that I've written. Well, I guess one is kind of a a breakup song, and one is is a basically let's get it on kind of a song. So, so yeah, I don't have to have my heart broken to write a song. <laughs> nice. That's a good thing. I like that. <laughs> some people need to have some kind of an event happen before they can write about it. I like people that just yeah. <laughs> know how to write a song. That's kind of cool. <laughs> you, you, are, you are an outlier, my friend. That's amazing. <laughs> nice. Now, good what thing. have you been listening to? What What makes you peaceful? What brings you joy? Who's on your playlist right now? Um, right now, Alex Johnson just released a new album called Still Alive, and she's one of my all-time favorite singer-songwriters. And so that's been on constant loop since that came out last week or since I got it last week. Very cool, very cool. Any other up-and-coming artists we should be on the lookout for? Um, let's see here. Glass Battles is going to have some new stuff out soon. He's one of my best friends. And then... Uh, Sang and Trevor Page are, as well are two really good friends of mine that are, are working on some new music. I'm really excited for everyone to get to hear. I love Trevor. Trevor's going to be back on soon. He's a great friend of the show as well. And I know his. He's just um, the best. Isn't he amazing? And what's up with him and you? I mean, you look like 25. He looks like 18 perpetually. Is it something <laughs> in the West Hollywood Sun or what the hell? I don't understand. It's just, it's just that. that Young gay energy. <laughs> I'm telling I, you, I, I got old gay energy. What happened to mine? I need a picture of Dorian Gray somewhere. Fuck the big time, my friend. <laughs> so what are you looking no. to do when we get out of all this, when we're able to leave the house again? Is there anything that you're missing doing in particular? I'm sure you're not missing driving back and forth to work. Traffic's got to be <laughs> traffic's gonna be hopefully light when it first starts back the first couple weeks. Yeah, well, I, I take the subway, so I don't have to worry about that, which is, thank God, I hate I hate L.A. traffic. Um, but I actually, ironically, was talking to Trevor Page a couple week, couple days ago and talking about how we need to get together and do another movie night and all this. We always sit around and, and watch, you know, our favorite 80s cartoons and movies and and stuff like that. He's, he's one of the best people to do that with and just have really long, long conversations about life. And it's he's just wonderful. That's awesome. I love me a little Trevor Page. Very cool. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this song a little bit. It's called 
you and me. And the last time we had you on, I think, um, Holy Wars, we played one, introduced you, was coming mm-hmm. out. And that you kind of have some familiar backgrounds and connections with these two songs. Talk about that and talk about this song. Yeah, so so Holy Water was one that was uh, written by Tiffany, uh, the uh, 80s singer, pop singer, and um, uh, a member named, by the name of Tim Fian. And then You and Me is a cover of a song that she did um, in the Jetsons movie, which was uh, written by Stephen McClintock and Tim James. And Stephen has become a really good friend of mine. And, and we've been talking about doing this song for five or six years now and it oh it never really fit on any of the projects I was doing and I was like I was like I'm gonna release it this year and then it just didn't fit and I'm like I'll push it back, I'll do it again. And then <laughs> finally, you know, when when all this I was working on this this stuff with, with Hasbro and this kind of gem and the holograms project and that kinda of got put on hold because of coronavirus and I finally said, you know what, I am going to release an album of all of the cover songs that I've recorded over the last decade and um, put them out. And I said, I want you and me to be the lead single. And so he, but he was like, yes, finally. I'm like, it's coming out. I've got it set. I'm going to make the announcement. Like it's happening. And so I'm super, super excited. And, and um, it's just, I love this song. It's such a fun, catchy song and one that I, I can remember dancing around to. I still have the, the vinyl record of the soundtrack and I'm such a nerd about about my Tiffany music. I just I listen to her probably every day. She's just the best. I love her. I cannot say enough good things about her. Well, we've talked a lot about Tiffany in the past, so you guys gotta listen to uh my other interviews with Kenneth at the Leftist Trade Show archives. Um, it sounds like you have such a great personal and working relationship together. Uh, talk about um, what songs uh, really excited you about this. You're talking about all these covers. How many are you foreseeing to come on the album? Right now I have 11 um, of them done, and then I'm recording two within the next two weeks to kind of put on as little kind of like rough demos kind of just to have a little variety. Um, but there's songs that I want to do. So, so yeah, I I was kind of looking through all of them this, this morning, and I was like, oh, God, I have already have 11 songs. I don't really need to do anymore. <laughs> but it, um, I'm, I'm so stoked. A couple of them I've released before um, on, on previous EPs, but for the most part, they're songs that no one has, has heard. I have a, a cover of Reba McIntyre's does he love you? Um, and it's a duet with Brendan Velasquez, who's a, a good friend of mine. And and another song that we were talking about doing and releasing way back when Unlock Your Heart first came out. And it just never, never kind of came into fruition. And I finally today was like, you know what, I'm going to put that on the album and make sure that it was okay with with his producer and, and who's another good friend and, and it was, so I'm really, I'm looking forward to people hearing that. It's a really funny, funny take on that song. And, and when we actually get to do a video, it's going to be hysterical. They have some really, really good ideas about what they want to do. Nice. I love that. That's fantastic. Well, just keep adding songs. I mean, you can bring back the, the two, two CD disc again. We have to put yeah. <laughs> single handedly. Bringing back the, yes. the selection. 
What kind of uh, inspires you to do a cover? Is it because of friendship? Is it because a certain beat just gets stuck in your head? Or what What are you kind of finding yourself being drawn to in all these covers? All of the songs are songs that I grew up with. They're all from the 80s and 90s, and they're all songs that I wore out as far as, like, the cassette tapes or the, the <laughs> records and and so, so they're all something that that means something to me. Like I remember the "Does He Love You" uh, video when it would come on, you know, CMT, and I would watch it, you know, when I was at my dad's house, and I just thought it was such an interesting video. I still remember seeing the boat blow up at the end, and and then you know they revealing that it was all part of the the video shoot and the the video like they broke the fourth wall, and all, I thought that was super interesting. And and um, I have "Is It the Beat," which is a song by. Selena, who was a, a Tahana singer that was super huge, you know. Of course, and, and yeah. She was, yeah, and so I have that one because I I loved her and and Nikki and you know Leave a Light On by Belinda Carlisle and um, just a whole bunch of songs. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love that. That is so cool. Now, if you were able, sort of like uh, a Nat King Cole and. Um, and his daughter, if you were able to act and do a duet video with an 80s star, who would you pick and what song would you pick? Oh, gosh. See, I automatically would probably say Tiffany and, and one of hers. But I would, if I had to, I would love to do something with Belinda Carlisle just because she was, she has such an unmistakable voice and she's such a, a musical powerhouse. And I... Um, I have a couple of her songs on the the album, and I think if I had to do it, if I could do a duet with her, um, Live Your Life, Be Free would be one of the, the first ones, because that was my favorite album of hers when I was growing up, and, and that would probably be the one I would choose. That's amazing. Do you know Duke Mason? I do. I, I knew him. We were really, really good friends um, when he first moved out to California, and and yeah, I'm 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 we haven't we haven't seen each other in a really long time. We kind of drifted apart and but yeah, he's I'm always been impressed by kind of what he's done and, and how he's you know, he's handled himself out in LA because it's so easy to get lost out here and him being just on as somebody and he's he's always, you know, from the first day I met him, he's like, I wanna go into politics, I wanna do this and by God, he has. <laughs> and he's he's never kind of lost his his vision with that. And I'm I'm super proud of of everything that he's done. I think it's fantastic. Well, I was so lucky to have him on my show two weeks ago, and uh, we were talking a little bit off air. And his mom is getting ready to release a uh, uh, a special disc. I think they're doing like a Go Go's reunion type thing. And he's doing his own right. show now. It's called Duke Downloads. On his Instagram live and on YouTube, we have to get you guys together. That would be so much yeah, fun. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. Great guy. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Belinda, is, that was one of my earlier concerts growing up was a Go-Go's concert. So, yeah, oh, I nice. have the same fond memories you do. Very uh, nice. Very, very cool. All right, and talk about, um, give everyone an overview of what the song is all about, you and me. So it's it's kind of a love song. It's basically like, you know, you can try to, you know, to disconnect from me. You can try to, to, you know, run away, but you know that we're, you know, we're meant to be together. And so no 
no matter what happens, we're always going to be together, which actually really works for social distancing now that I think about it. There's there's a line in the song that's like, you know, you can disconnect your phone, you can turn off your lights, be together, and we're going to be together. And, and um, I didn't even think that it would work for social distancing, but it does. I'm kind of excited about that now. <laughs> there you go. So you kismet. Kismet yeah. out there. And you do such amazing videos with a lot of your songs. Do you have some videos in the works plan, one for this one or any of the upcoming? Um, you and me will, will hopefully have a video um, once this is all done. I know, know Stephen, and, and we kind of worked on, on being able to do that. A lot of the cover songs probably won't just because it's so expensive to get the the rights to do a video. And, right. Um, but with, with you and me, because I've, I've – Good friends with Stephen. He's he's allowing me to to do it, and we'll we'll help with that. And which is amazing. He's such a he's such an amazing man. He's just he's a really good good guy, and and um, he's really kind of helped me with trying to make sure that the sound the song sounds as good as it can. And and he's been super super supportive. And I just I'm really excited that I finally get to have people hear this song because I have. A lot of friends have heard it, and they really like it, and it's just now I'm going to finally get a release it for everybody, and I just I can't wait. Congratulations. That is so awesome. I'm so happy for you. Thank what you. other um, goals do you have going on? I mean, how long do you think it's going to take to finish this project now that Corona quarantine has everything up in the air? When are you expecting to be able to get closer to the release day of the entire album? Well, for, for this album, um, which is called Star Sailor, it's going to be released in June. Um, I don't have the exact date yet, but it'll be it'll be out in June. And then You and Me is going to come out um, end of May as far as the, the actual single is concerned. Um, I'll put it up, you know, online before then, but to purchase it will be up on um, in May. And then for, you know, the, the the hologram album that I was working on that I don't know, it'll sometime in 2021. That one's almost finished as well, but because I have these all the videos I want to do for that one, I want to kind of release everything all together. And so, um, yeah, it's that one's going to be a while. But I'm really I'm really stoked about Star Sealer. I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun. And the the, the t- all the promo like the cover is me as a a little like a baby. Like I'm like I don't know like one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's it's this super fun photo of me, and I look like a happy little baby, and and the title is is something that means something to me, and and I'm just it's I'm excited that I get to do this album. I think it'll be a blast. Uh, I am so proud of you and happy for you bringing this all together. That is awesome, and Thank sounds you. like some fantastic projects ahead. That's going to be amazing. Uh, let's talk about. All right, so you do such great covers of everyone else's songs. Who would you like to see, besides the people we've talked about already, do covers of your songs? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I've never thought about that. What is the song that you've written and performed that you're most proud of? Uh, it Was Love. It Was Love is my most favorite. It, and who I wrote could it you sing? Who can I see sing? Um... I would love. I actually there's a singer named Lindsay Hahn, um, who I would love to to have sing it. I've I sent it to her before. She was kind of a Disney kid and, and an actor. She was an alias in that Toby Keith movie Broken Bridges, and she's an amazing singer. and And I told her I said I would love to have her sing it with love. That is a great choice. 
All right, my friend, we have to start wrapping it up here, Kenneth. Let everybody know where they can find your music and where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, all social media is just Kenneth Official, um, and it's K-E-N-Y-T-H. And um, YouTube, Instagram, I'm still just shit with Twitter. I just am awful with Twitter. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm getting more, more and more with Instagram and, and Facebook, um, and everything is under Kenneth Official. So, yeah. There you go. Well, Kenneth Mogan, it's been wonderful having you. Thanks so much. We're going to give the Left of Straight audience a special sneak of you and me. We're going to play it as we play out here. Be on the lookout for this and all the other great, wonderful music for Kenneth. And look for a special Five Questions With. We're going to have a little fun and silliness with you. So, Kenneth, thanks again for being on the Left of Straight show. You're welcome. Thank you so much. All right, stay on the line for me, guys. We're playing out with the debut of You and Me from Kenneth Mogan. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. I'll be back in just a little bit. Every night I'll be so close Every night Hey, I don't